Hello, everybody, and I believe my microphone is on. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. And to focus the camera. I guess it is a little out of focus, a little better. Um, welcome to News and Views on Thursday, the 24th of June, 2021. A little housekeeping before we get started. Today's a busy day. The Nefarium is really busy. Uh, we have a vid chat tomorrow afternoon. That will be at 2 o'clock U.S. Central Time. Get your comments, questions uh, submitted by about 10 o'clock tonight, U.S. Central Time. Uh, I'll be there early, as I always am, for the pre-chat and banter, and then hopefully um, we'll have another good vid chat. We had a short one last week, but it was it was quite good. We, we had a lot of questions that were all over the board. So anyway, get your questions, comments in, please, by tonight. Um, also, I want to alert people, I've had to reschedule once again uh, I mentioned last time that Catherine Fitz and I are going to be recording the Solari wrap-up on Saturday. I had to reschedule because they're expecting storms here. So we're going to do that next week, but look for the Solari uh, second quarter wrap-up. I'd say sometime in the next week, um, if the weather cooperates. Now, on top of everything, we've got an incident apparently in the Black Sea between a British naval vessel and the Russian Air Force. Apparently, the British vessel strayed into waters that Russia's claiming or sensitive waters. The Russians are claiming they shot warning shots at the British vessel. The British are denying that any warning shots whatsoever were fired. And now it looks like I've frozen. Now I'm unfrozen. All right. Uh, we have a building collapse in Miami, the condo uh, collapse in Miami. I woke up and, and just heard about it. There's not much details. I'm seeing all sorts of weird stuff already on the internet, conspiracy theory stuff, but it's interesting. Some sources are reporting that that condo was full of a lot of Argentinian emigres from that country. Um, one source, one that I do not regard as very reliable, actually, is saying that the condo was about a block away from a condo where um, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump stay. But anyway, there's something going on with this condo collapse, perhaps. But I want to talk about the Chinese defector story because there's a very good article that I'm linking for you that you can read yourselves in its entirety. I'm going to be citing a lot of it. The article's by a, a gentleman named Stephen Mosher. It's titled, Chinese Intelligence Leader Turns What a Difference a Defector Makes. This article has one thing in particular that really caught my eye. And I have to wonder, and I'm not going to even speculate about this one very much because the story isn't over yet, and it may not be over for several years, but it's certainly one to watch. Anyway, this was reported on the 22nd a couple days ago. The 22nd, by the way, folks, that was the 80th anniversary of the beginning of Operation Barbarossa last Tuesday. Um the Nazi German invasion of the Soviet Union. 
Anyway, I'm, I'm going to be reading several paragraphs from this. I want you to listen closely because there's two paragraphs in particular that caught my eye, but I want to kind of lead up to it the way the article does. So here we go. Quote, Jennifer Fanlar of Red State was the first to report that a senior official from, Chinese, uh, from China's Ministry of State Security has defected to the West. She later revealed that the official in question was named Zhang, uh, Dong Jinwei and was the head, listen to this, the head of counterintelligence at the ministry. If true, and Farnlar's reporting has since been at least partially corroborated by others, then Dong would be the highest level defector in the entire 70-year history of the People's Republic of China. Not only that, but he reportedly brought with him terabytes of information about, well, virtually everything you can imagine, from the true story of the origins of the China virus to the names of all the Chinese spies, agents, and collaborators of the Communist Party of China in the United States. And, of course... He even included the complete and unexpurgated contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, which virtually every enemy of the U.S. has by now. For those who may be fuzzy on terabytes, one of these mighty bytes could contain 340,000 copies of Tolstoy's War and Peace. In other words, Dong reportedly brought over a ginormous amount of material on China's overseas intelligence operations and almost everything else that the Communist Party of China would rather be kept secret. Now, let me stop. I have a question here, and it's an important one that, as far as I can tell, has not been adequately addressed yet. Why did this guy defect, and why did he defect now? All right? That's an important question because of, you know, if you've been following the news, if you're halfway uh, alert, the, the connections between communist China and the Biden-Nenko regime in, in Swampington, D.C., via Hunter Biden, are very, very tight. So why would he defect when uh, you have essentially someone that, that the uh, Communist Party might regard as friendly. Now, of course, the Biden-Enco regime has been upping the ante, and essentially, whether you, whether you like to admit it or not, has been essentially following a lot of the Trump administration policies vis-a-vis -vis Communist China. So it's an interesting question to entertain. Now, I want to get back to the article here. And right now, I'm reading from the section in the article, you can look the article up, where there are a number of bullet points about what they're speculating that this man has brought with them. Evidence of early pathogenic studies of the virus that is known as SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. This information will nail down why we should always call it the China virus. Models of predicted COVID-19 spread and damage to the U.S. and the world. In other words, the spread of the virus was no accident, but was eagerly anticipated by the Communist Party of China, if not planned. 
financial records detailing which exact organizations, listen to this one, and governments funded the research on SARS-CoV-2 and other biological warfare research. I'm pretty sure that the People's Liberation Army and our own stupidly naive virology establishment will feature prominently on the list. Now, let me stop again. If they, if this gentleman did bring that kind of information with him, then it might indicate that the people that were sponsoring this research in China, located in this country, were not stupidly naive at all. In other words, uh, this might be a, a information trove that would indicate some sort of international cabal behind all of this, cooperating with the communist Chinese, or vice versa. Who knows? Continuing, names of U.S. citizens who provide intelligence to China, this will unfortunately be a long list. Names of Chinese spies working in the U.S. or attending U.S. universities, this will be an even longer list. Financial records showing U.S. businessmen and public officials who've received money from the Chinese government. Well, guess who that includes? This may be the longest list of all, but I'm guessing the first name on the list will be Hunter Biden. For the Communist Party of China, like the mafia, bribery is just good business. Details of meetings U.S. government officials had, perhaps unwittingly, with Chinese spies and members of Russia's external intelligence service. How the Chinese government gained access to a CIA communications system, leading to the death of dozens of Chinese people who were working with the CIA, America's top spy network in China, was virtually wiped out. And I want to point out on that last point, you recall a few years ago, um, the conservative element in the United States was blaming Hillary Clinton for having facilitated that leak. And now this information may either prove that or disprove it uh, one way or the other. So that's an important point if you've been following the uh, Clinton reporting in the past couple of decades. Anyway, now I'm skipping a couple paragraphs. Dong has also, say Van Lars sources, told his debriefers that at least a third of Chinese students attending U.S. universities are People's Liberation Army assets or are part of the Thousand Talents plan. Not surprisingly, many of the students are here under pseudonyms, either because they currently are serving People's Liberation Army officers explicitly tasked to steal certain militarily or economically useful technology, or because they are the children of high-ranking military and party leaders. So which U.S. intelligence agency did Dong turn himself into? Listen carefully, folks. I think this is perhaps the most interesting part of this story, and I'll tell you why in a minute. If you guessed the CIA or FBI, you would be wrong. China's chief spy instead chose to contact the Defense Intelligence Agency, or the DIA. Now, let me stop again 
and remind you of a bit of history about the DIA. Back in the 1960s, when President uh, John F. Kennedy was having that tremendous struggle of power behind the scenes with the CIA, and you remember he issued that executive order a few weeks um, after the Bay of Pigs that many people thought was one of the reasons that the CIA was involved in the assassination. And in that executive order, he threatened to smash the CIA and turn over all of its covert operations directly to the Pentagon and therefore directly in his chain of command. And the other thing he did, because his distrust of the CIA was so large, was he was the one behind the founding of the Defense Intelligence Agency. So in other words, there's a history in these two agencies and uh, the history is not one of much mutual admiration. Let's put it that way. So to continue, he must have known, this is Dong, the defector, because he was the one running China's spy network that America's other agencies had been so heavily compromised by Chinese spies that he would not be safe in their hands. All right? Latch on to that one because we're coming up to the thing that caught my eye. Skipping a paragraph. According to Red State sources, Dong flew from Hong Kong to the United States on the pretext of visiting his daughter, Dong Yang, who was attending a university in California. After his arrival, he secretly contacted the DIA, telling them he was defecting and had brought with him much intelligence. Skipping a paragraph again and latch on to these two paragraphs in particular. Apparently, Dong's name came up during the Sino-American Summit held in Alaska in March 2021. A few days ago, Dr. Han Lianchao, who defected from China after the 1989 Tiananmen Massacre, tweeted out that China's foreign minister, Wang Yi, and Communist Party foreign affairs boss, Yang Jiqi, demanded that the Americans return Dong. Dr. Han, whom I know, says that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken refused, but the real story may be a little more complicated. Van Lars sources tell her that Blinken did not know that Dong had defected, and so told the Chinese what he thought was the truth, namely that Dong was not in our custody. I'll get back to that, finishing up the last two paragraphs here. One sign that Dong's defection is real is that his information has been scrubbed from the Ministry of Public Security's website. Not to mention that Beijing seems to be panicking. As soon as Red State's first report came out, the South China Morning Post, which is controlled by the Communist Party of China, engaged in a patent effort at damage control. It claimed that the normally media-shy Dong was not only still in China, but that he had given a talk on his special talent, which is catching foreign spies but the article contained no details, no picture of the conference, and no picture of Dong. China's one-time 
chief spy catcher, also has a long association with Chinese leader Xi Jinping, which may put the Chinese dictator himself in the crosshairs of irate Chinese officialdom. If Xi is blamed for Dong's defection, he could be overthrown and the country thrown into chaos. So let's go back to those two paragraphs where it's claimed that Secretary of State Blinken did not know of Dong's defection during the summit in March. Now, part of me thinks that that would be fairly regular operating procedure for an intelligence agency, especially one like the DIA, where they are going to keep the lid on a sensitive defector or matter like this for as long as they can while they're vetting both the individual and vetting the information in it. So part of me suspects that this was entirely normal operating procedure. However, there's also the possibility that they kept the secret from the Secretary of State and thereby meaning also from the rest of the administration itself because the information is so explosive and implicates the administration, which means that Dong's defection has thrown a huge spanner into the works to be British about my colloquialisms. It's thrown a monkey wrench into the works. And I have to wonder again then why Dong chose now to defect when it would seem relatively more dangerous for him to do so. So my suspicion is we're not being told, even in the speculations here in this article, everything that this man may have brought with him in terms of intelligence. They do seem to be focusing quite a bit on the COVID aspect of the story, and they do seem to be suggesting or speculating that this was a deliberate biowarfare weapon and that it was deliberately released. Now, if this defector brought proof of that point, and if that information is ever publicly released, then yes, it could be very, very problematic for China. So this defector has, in my opinion, ratcheted up the geopolitical tension in the world rather considerably. The question also is, what is the United States going to do with this information? Well, most intelligence agencies that would get this kind of treasure trove of information is going to try to follow and, if possible, turn all of those spies. <laughs> In other words, turn them into double agents. And that, I think, is probably one of the things that is going to keep this story out of the major media for quite a while. If American and other Western intelligence services are successful in turning a lot of these Chinese spies into double agents, this could be a very bad thing for communist China. So that's, that's my first suspicion. Um, I don't think you're going to see much more information coming out about this, but this is a story nonetheless to watch 
because the ripples from this one are going to keep echoing throughout time. I would, I would go so far as to say perhaps for the next decade at least, if all of this speculation is true. So watch this one, folks. Um, this, yeah, Lee Langer in the chat room says, I hope the guy squealing doesn't get suicided. That's also, I think, the consideration behind the DIA keeping such a tight hold on this. This means this defector is in the hands of the U.S. military, folks. Um, so we'll see how this plays out. We'll see how this plays out. Anyway, um, we will see you on the flip side here, folks, next week. Now, don't forget we do have the vid chat tomorrow at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time. Please get your comments and questions in by about 10 o'clock tonight so that I can get them uh, printed out and organized and everything. We will be having our normal pre-chat tomorrow, so I'll be in the chat room perhaps by noon, 1 o'clock at the latest. So anyway, that's it for today's story, guys. This is one to watch. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.